Hey everybody, it's your favorite girl, Niemani, and I would like to welcome you all back to another episode of Brand Like a Girl, a podcast dedicated to providing you influencers, content creators, bloggers, entrepreneurs with the tools to run a successful brand on and offline, okay? So I know I've been gone for a minute. Um, I hope you guys haven't missed me too much, but I am back with another video. And if you've read the title above today, we are going to be talking about what it takes to be an influencer and how you too can become an influencer if that is of any of your interest. Okay, so I'm going to be sharing seven tips on how you can be an influencer, a vlogger or a blogger. But first, I want to get into some of the hot takes um, just about what's going on in the world, what's going on in media and what's going on in the news. So if you haven't been under the rock or under a rock, um, coronavirus is still very, 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 very much real. I've been seeing a lot of people in the club. I've been seeing a lot of people out and about. I've been seeing people just doing a lot of stuff and they have not had on masks. People just haven't cared. And I just feel like that's so negligent and so ignorant to just continue going around um, when you can be asymptomatic or you could be a carrier and you're spreading that to other people. And then also people are just putting themselves in harm's way by being in public all willy-nilly. I just want people to take things into consideration. I understand people want to have a fun summer. I get all of these things. I know it's hot. I know you're trying to be a baddie. But honestly, like, we don't have a summer. Go to the beach with your family. Put on a mask. Just kind of do some some low-risk things. Just I feel like putting yourself in harm's way or putting others in harm's way is just completely, it's just not fair. So I really just want y'all to wash y'all hands put on a mask and stay home, you know, just stay home because this is going to bleed into 2021 if we're being quite honest. And it's honestly just changing the whole dynamic of a lot of things as we know as normal. Um, and I'm glad I, I don't want us to go back to an, the older normal that we had, not even just like with this, the virus in general, but, um, the things, some things do need to be brought to the light. And I definitely feel that this, um, pandemic has brought a lot of things to light so a lot of changes are definitely you know needing to be made um also if you have not been a, under a rock um you know black lives have always you know continued to be a at a you know taken at a threatening and an alarming and an alarming rate um just whether it's at the hands of senseless killings um I've you know witnessed on social media now a lot of black women a lot of black children a lot of black bodies in general have been going missing have been disappearing have been becoming you know kidnapped and you know I just want us to continue to stay vigilant and I want us to continue to say the names of these individuals who have past um so you know just I'm going to be also providing some resources in the show notes as well as in the description on YouTube so please be sure to sign some petitions and please be sure to say their names um so please just rest in peace to Ryan Milton Breonna Taylor George Floyd Rayshard Brooks um Elijah McClain just to name a few but the names they there are so many more names and I'm I'm so sorry, you know, I I really am so sorry that they had to experience um to to experience that. And I, I, I just I I don't have any more words, but I, I am I'm sorry. And 
if you are black, I, I'm sorry that you've also had to consume such traumatic content as of lately, but we've we've been seeing a lot of traumatic things. Just depending honestly, just depending on where you are regionally. But I know I've all I've seen a lot of traumatic things. So especially via social media now it has amplified a lot of these stories. So I wanted to give you all some um five tips to help you realign yourself um from over consuming just traumatic content because this can be a bit much on your psyche especially every day when you sign into social media you're seeing a new video of someone dying you're seeing a new video of a cop you know killing someone you're reading a new story of something that's going on so i just wanted to give you all some tips to kind of help you um digest that content or just to to realign basically um from that content so number 1 i would say to rest reflect and to meditate. Um, when I say rest, I mean, you know, take some time to just stay away from the phone, put the phone down, get off social. You don't have to be on social every moment, every second, every hour of your life. Take some time to, you know, maybe escape into a different sh a new show on Netflix, a show on Hulu. Um, you know, read a book, <laughs> read a book that's going to actually, you know, provide you, um, with a sense of a new space. So just maybe, try a new book. I'm reading a book right now on medicinal herbal healing. Um, and that keeps me out of, you know, everything that's going on. It's just a nice escape. Sometime, um, watch a show, read a book. You know, when I say rest, just rest your mind from, from consuming that content. And genuinely, if you need to take a nap, naps really do, they do save. So take a nap and get your mind right. Um, when I mean to reflect, um, a lot of times I reflect by journaling, um, by, you know, going outside, sipping some tea and just taking myself, allow myself to just think about my day, think about, you know, some things that I've been going through, because a lot of times I feel like we can get in the habit of just going, going, going. And this pandemic and, um, this quarantine, I definitely say can say has allowed a lot of us to take the time to reflect and, you know, really look in on our lives. So continue to do that, continue to be introspective and continue to be, um, aware of what's going on in your world. And then by meditate, you know, you can look up some meditation practices on YouTube. Just take some time. I like to go outside on a yoga mat and just soak up some sun and really just focus my thoughts on a particular thing. So just take that time to to stop consuming all of this traumatic content and just really align yourself. Number two, I would say just spring clean, um, whether that's um, physically or digitally. You know, I'm sure you are a hoarder, <laughs> as I am, as we all are. We're all, like, into overconsumption, unless you're a minimalist. Um, But you have a lot of stuff that you don't use. You have a lot of stuff that you don't wear. And you have a lot of things in your house, in your closet that you don't need. So take the time to get off your phone and actually clean up your area, clean up your space. Because a clean space, a clean area is also going to allow for a better um mental space. So imagine you consuming all of this traumatic content. You got all this junk in your day room you're probably going to be very angry very antsy very you're going to be anxiety driven so just take the time to clean out your space physically but I also say digitally because I have like thousands of emails thousands of files on my computer it just be a lot going on so just taking the time to actually um declutter that space as well will also allow you some free time to not be consuming content but also it's going to benefit you by clearing out that space 
And number three, I would say just to enjoy some time with your family, I feel like, or loved ones. I feel like that's a bit self-explanatory. You know, a lot of times we can get cooped up in our rooms and cooped up in our own worlds that we forget about the people that are around us. We don't have a lot of time, you know, here. We are on borrowed time. So take the time to let the people that you love the most, let them know that you love them by spending time with them and being around them. Number four, I said this earlier, but read a book, you know. Education is one thing someone can never take from you. So if during this time, you could go to the library, you can purchase books on Amazon, you could read free books, PDFs on um, Google, wherever. But take the time to educate yourself on a new topic. You might have been pushing something off education-wise. You know, the best thing that you could do for yourself is to continue to educate yourself. And a lot of times we can do that within our own means. So yeah, take the time to read a book learn something new and the last thing I would say is to boost your immune system um we might not understand it but our mental health and that affects our overall immune system so if your mental health health is weak a lot of times that traumatic content can play a role in it and we don't really realize it if your mental health is weak your immune system can be weak but overall your immune system could just be weak. So take the time to boost it. Um, every day, every morning, I like to start my day with some honey and some tea. Um, and then I take my vitamins, you know, black seed oil. Um, I'm taking elderberry to boost my immune system. Vitamin D3 because, you know, black people be deficient in vitamin D. Get your vitamins in. Um, eat your fruits. Eat your vegetables. Stop eating all that fried, greasy food. And I feel like this is self-explanatory information. But a lot of times, like I said, we can get very wrapped up in the world that we forget to take care of ourselves. So this is just my personal message to you. I just want you to take care of yourself because your life is precious and you deserve to be here. So make sure that you are treating your vessel kindly okay so that's just my little message to you nonetheless I just hope that you all are staying safe you know staying informed still practicing social distancing and not consuming consuming so much media and news that you further your anxiety and allow and I just want you to allow your mind to stay at ease all right so now we're going to get into today's topic because that's what you clicked on this video for so i heard that you want to be an influencer and that's why you're listening to today's episode so you know let me just start off with a few statistics so according to media kicks by 2020 influencer marketing is projected to reach um 10 billion dollars so it's projected to be a 10 billion a 10 billion dollar industry this year okay um I know like social media platforms we tend to populate may seem oversaturated. I would say people, a lot of times people will say that being an influencer um, is oversaturated, but I'm going to give you all an example. Just looking at TikTok, I know it might be canceled. I know we're not consuming TikTok's content, but you know, we've been accustomed to the same platforms like YouTube, like Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, um, and the list goes on and Pinterest, but um, you know, this is a typical place that influencers were promoting their content, but when Insta, sorry, but when TikTok kind of said, Hey, I'm a new platform. Um, you know, now that's a new space for people to create content. That's a new space for people who have never created content ever in their lives to be on a platform and to gain, um, traction as well as, um, just, you know, become a personality this is also now a new space that brands and advertisers say hey now we have a, a new space to spend our brand dollars so even if tiktok isn't your particular thing um 
it doesn't really matter. You know, you can be a content creator anywhere that you want to be. But what I'm the whole point I'm saying is there's all it doesn't matter if it's oversaturated because there's always going to be an opportunity where it is for you. Um I hope that makes sense. Please if if I don't just let me I'll elaborate a little bit more. So some here's some more statistics. Also, according to Influencer Marketing Hub, 28% of companies consider influencer marketing to be the fastest growing online customer acquisition channel, leaving organic search, paid search, and email marketing behind. Um, so since many of us turn to digital platforms not only for news and for entertainment, I would say the days of traditional marketing as well as advertising are dwindling away because companies want to utilize more niche as well as a more direct funnel um, to their audience or to an influencer's audience. So that's why a lot of times you will see brands partnering with micro, macro, hyper local influencers because it's they are seeing a um, more, I would say they're seeing a better return on their investment when it comes to partnering with physical or actual people opposed to doing traditional commercials where the connection is not really there like a lot of times people don't want to see a celebrity that's cool but a lot of times we know celebrities to do paid content whether they align with the brand or not or whether they typically actually use the product or not so it's different when you see like oh wow like I know this girl I've been following this girl or this guy on social media for years and to see them partnering with the brand that you might be able to pick up at your local Walmart, your local Target, on Amazon, on Sephora, that 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 creates a deeper connection. And that also, you know, if that in particular influencer, if they already have built a substantial amount of trust with their community, they're going to be more likely to purchase, you know, a product that they recommend. All right, so I can say I was able to further prove this the previous um, statistic that I just mentioned because I had the pleasure of surveying about 520 black women um, just about doing some natural hair stuff because I'm building a natural hair brand. And more than 78% of these women said that influencers, bloggers, as well as social media reviews were the reason they were inspired to try a new product or a service. To me... That is not, it's not necessarily alarming, but that just shows how much trust people have in like in a, a review. You feel me? Like a review holds so much weight opposed to a traditional advertising or even if a brand posts something on their own Instagram page. People are skeptical and people are frugal and they want to spend their money wisely and they want to know that this is going to be something that they're not going to regret. So oftentimes they, they you know, prefer an actual individual's review over the backing of a company. Um, I will also say, you know, as an influencer and as a consumer, I'd say the reason for this is because our audience typically recognizes that, you know, influencers are just everyday people. Oftentimes, sometimes people get out of touch with reality <laughs> and, you know, get a bit above themselves. And I definitely think it's perfect to be confident. But sometimes, you know, that's why a lot of times people have an issue with celebrities because celebrities do feel entitled or can seem as if they feel entitled to their fame and to, you know, the recognition and to opportunities that they become out of touch with reality. And I would say with um, just being humble or having humility. So that's why sometimes people are just a little bit icky or iffy about 
um celebrity but yeah it doesn't just seem like you know influencers have that celebrity status um about them and it just allows them to be more reliable and trustworthy with the community that they have built so here are my 10 tips on any to anyone who is interested in becoming an influencer so in today's tips we're not really going to discuss too much about monetization um or branding or anything like that i'm kind of going to just graze over the basics i would say because um i will be going a little bit more in depth about monetization building a brand all of those other things in some future episodes but this episode in particular i just want to give you all the basics because structure as well as foundation is important um whether you want to be an influencer a blogger content creator if you just decide one day you wake up and you're like i'm gonna just do this you need to kind of have some things figured out before you just dive right in um i'm all for spontaneity like go ahead just be spontaneous just jump in but also you cannot build a home or you can't just expect to decorate the house without the house even being built you need to figure out what's the foundation how is this house going to be supported how is it going to be able to um how is it going to be able to just survive so just think about that when it comes to your brand and what you want to accomplish you can't just jump right in you have to have um a strong foundation for what it is that you are going to be doing so yeah let's get into my 10 tips Alrighty, so let's just dive into tip number one. So I want you to figure out what is your category of focus? You know, what will you be discussing on your platform? So when I first created my YouTube channel, that was back in like 2010, 2011. And at that time, um, my cousin and I was very popular back then to do like parody videos and to create funny content, comedy content. So we knew that when we were creating our channel back then, that that's the type of content that we wanted to create it. That would be our category focus. However, how as my platform has tra- has changed over the years and how I've kind of pivoted, um, I realize the type of things that I like to talk about are also a reflection of just my personal interests. So um, in high school, when I was creating content, it was more so focused on black issues, racial issues, colorism. Um, I would do a lot of beauty content, whether it be like getting ready for prom, whether it be me showing people how I actually styled my natural hair or um, just makeup videos as well as vlogs. So my category focus was more so I would say beauty related as well as lifestyle related. However, Again, as my life continued to evolve when I entered college, my content kind of transitioned more so focusing on college vlogs, showing my lifestyle as a college student, but also continuing to show beauty related content as well as natural hair related content. And then again, now that I am no longer in college and again, I'm evolving, my content is more so focused now on influencer marketing, blogging, branding, entrepreneurship, still natural hair, still beauty, but now with a little bit of, t- of a twist. So I would say, you know, figure out what it is that you want to focus on on your platform. I have a lot of different, um, you know, influencer friends. We might seem like we're in the same world, but they might be focusing on completely different things. Like Casey Aaliyah, she's definitely a natural hair blogger, but but she does talk a lot about self-care. She has a lot of beauty tips. You feel me? So that's her category focus. More so on self-care, beauty tips, as well as natural hair. Um, I like Sweet Potato Soul. She is a, a YouTuber here. She talks about veganism 
while being black and just different recipes. So I would say for you, just sit down and figure out what it is that you want to focus on when it comes to your channel so that your content is consistent. You know, you don't want to be, I mean, you can be all over the place. That's, that's completely fine because a lot of times you do have to figure out what it is that works best for you and what works best for your audience. Because you might say, Hey, I want to be this type of an influencer and your audience be like, girl, we did not ask for that. So, you know, it's fine to test out different things and see what works best for you. But having a general idea of the type of content that you want to focus on will be very beneficial to you. So that's my step number one or my, my, my tip number one. So tip number two, and this is going to take some time. So don't always feel super rushed to find this, but understand the importance as well as the significance of having this. So try to master a niche. Okay. A niche is a very particular, very specific type of area of interest or I would say segment when it comes down to marketing or when it comes down to your overall and general brand. Niches are going to allow you to stand out, I would say, amongst the competition, right? Um, it's your differentiator. It's your competitive edge. And it's honestly going to be what makes, you know, people continue to come to you because they're gonna be like, wow, she's doing things or he's doing things just a little bit different than other people are doing. And it's going to just allow people to be like, wow, okay, that's different. Um, a lot of times people think that a niche is as simple as, you know, creating content that's beauty content. Beauty is such a huge, um, market, you know, beauty can be natural hair, beauty can be skincare, beauty can be makeup, beauty can be a lot of different things. It's very general and it's very broad. But when you get more specific, like being a natural hair influencer who is a mother, you know, that makes things a little bit more specific and that allows you to work with a little bit more um, tailored brands because, hey, say you are a natural hair influencer who's also a mom, you're more than likely going to be working with brands who sell like, I don't know, stretch mark cream or who sell... You know, specifically, they have hair care brands or hair care lines that are for children. You know, that's going to that's what's that's going to make something a little bit more specific when it comes to your brands. Some of my favorite niches, I would say, are, again, Sweet Potato Soul because she is a black woman who creates vegan um, recipes that are typically coming from or paying homage to a lot of Southern and soul food related um, recipes. And that's not something I see often. A lot of times when I see plant-based food or vegan food, vegetarian food, it does not look appetizing. So having something that is, you know, familiar, but also having a twist on it, I would say that's a niche. Um, another niche, I love watching Bailey Sarian's videos here on YouTube. She is a beauty influencer. So she actually creates makeup tutorials but it's usually not about the makeup she also does murder mystery videos so as she's doing her makeup she's also talking about a murder mystery case crime like related content is very like people really enjoy it but it's also like how do you stand out if 15 million different people are talking about crime related content whether it's on a podcast whether it's a tv show netflix show how do you stand out boom you mix some damn beauty with it that's creating yourself a niche that's creating yourself a lane you know the list goes on I feel like you have to find the intersection between what interests you and what's a little bit weird and quirky about you and how you can blend the two because there's people out there who enjoy those same very things. So, you know, when it comes down to nailing the niche, you're going to also have to take into consideration that things are going to evolve. For me, when I was in college, I was a natural hair college vlogger. OK, so I was able to partner with a lot of brands who specifically wanted to target college students and then also black women or black female students 
who wore their hair natural or who purchased within the natural hair beauty realm that I was speaking to a specific demographic between the ages of 18 to about 24 black female within the southern region of the United States. That was my essential. That was my niece, my niche, essentially. So, yeah, just figure out what could be your differentiator. If you like beauty, how can you put a twist on beauty so that you stand out from everyone doing the same thing? Because it can seem oversaturated to people who don't know how to be different. Okay, so number three, and this is what's most important. I want you to understand your audience. Who are you talking to? How old are they? You know, is are these people between the ages of 13 to 18? Are they between the ages of 18, 24? Are they between the ages of 24 to 30? Who are they? You know, are these black women? Are these black men? Are they living in the United States more specifically, where are they living in the United States? Are they living in California? Are they living in Wyoming? Are they living in New York? Are they living in Atlanta? Are they in Jamaica? Where are these people? And who are you speaking to? Are they black women? You know, what do they typically like? Where do they shop? What is their median, you know, income? What are they like? You know, how are they spending their money? What are they willing to spend their money on? What type of shows do they watch? What type of content are they consuming? You know, it's very important to understand who your audience is because that's going to allow you to further to speak to them. A lot of people are not aware of the analytics that it takes or that is backed by their brand. So say you partner with a brand and it's not in any type of alignment with your audience you're not going to receive the engagement that you thought you would receive. Even if it's not even just with a brand, maybe you just start doing some new stuff and they're like, girl, this does not align with me. So you need to understand who your audience is. This is also going to allow you to leverage your community when it comes down to partnering with brands. So for example, when I look at my um, YouTube as well as my Instagram statistics, I see that the my largest demographic is women. It's 90% women. I already know that they're black based off of the comments that I receive <laughs> on both platforms. So I don't have to second guess and wonder if I'm speaking to black women. I know I'm speaking to black women because I speak about my personal black experience. Um, outside of that, when I also further dig into the, the, the statistics, um, the largest group of people I speak to is between the ages of 24 to 35. I thought it would be 18 to 24. I don't know why I see, feel like I'm speaking to older people, but hey, it works for me. So the, the women that are between the ages to 24, 24 to 35, um, they actually probably have a, you know, an actual career. So they're going to be more willing to, you know, spend money. So in the event that I might partner with a more luxury brand or a more expensive brand, they're probably not going to think twice about spending money. But outside of that, um, my audience is more so targeted in New York as well as Atlanta. They're equal parts shared. So like that's the highest place that my audience is located in is New York and Atlanta. So me knowing that, right, if I ever wanted to go on a book tour or if I ever wanted to do, you know, an event, a meet and greet, it would behoove me <laughs> to create or an event or create an experience specifically targeted within Atlanta, specifically targeted with New York. That also allows me to say, hey, if I ever wanted to partner with brands that might be 
you know, central to Atlanta, central to New York, it would make the most sense because that's where my audience is located. That's where my audience will continue to show up for me. You feel me? So understanding who your audience is, is always going to play a a huge role in how you as an influencer continue to leverage yourself as well as leverage your community that you're building. So you need to know who you're speaking to. That's all that comes down to. All right. So when it comes down to knowing your audience, um, what's also going to be important is understanding what social media platform is best with you, for you. All social media was not created equally. We have a lot of different um, platforms just based off of different needs. When it comes to Snapchat, that's a more bite-sized um, experience when it comes to content. And I would say that, you know, younger audiences prefer that type of content. They like shorter, simpler, sweet content. I grew up on Snapchat, I grew up with like content like Vine. Vine was six seconds. So how can you make somebody laugh in six seconds? A lot of times people will say, you know, younger generations have a very um, short attention span. So how can you keep people engaged for six seconds and less? That's why I will also say that TikTok is very successful amongst the younger demographic because it is bite-sized content. Also, I would say that music plays a huge role in why TikTok is a success because, you know, kids like to dance. Growing up, I was cranking that Soulja Boy. I was on YouTube trying to figure out how to, you know, crank that Batman. Music is always going to drive the younger generations. They're always going to, you know, create dance and create choreography. So having a platform that integrates, I would say, music as well as bite-sized content was a win-win for TikTok. It was always going to be a platform that was going to win the younger generations. Am I, like, praising TikTok for that? But no, not necessarily. But, you know, TikTok was founded by the company who founded Musical.ly. It's an Asian company. So they already kind of tested that out on one platform, and then they realized what they did it and what they didn't do and what where holes they could fill and then boom TikTok you know was able to come and I would say you know essentially be able to dominate nonetheless you know Facebook if you are uh, someone who is trying to create a rapport with an older generation Facebook would be your best bet Facebook has a lot of women has a lot of moms and it has a lot of people who are willing to spend money and people who are typically between the ages of 25 and a little bit older so if that is a if that is an audience that you're trying to reach Facebook would be your best your best bet on Instagram if you are just trying to kind of post you know videos here and there um and I would say if you're really trying to sell a product, Instagram would be your best bet. But you want to create more lifestyle content. That is the type of content that resonates most on Instagram. It's a little bit more personal. I would say it's not as personal as Facebook, but it's a little bit more personal. People post their kids. They post about their life. Um, and they post a lot of videos and the lifestyle content. So Instagram would be your girl. It is popular, I would say, between the ages of 18 to 25. But older people are definitely on Instagram as well. If you are trying to have a more professional vibe about your brand, or if you're looking to hire people, LinkedIn would be your best bet to kind of connect with the professional people of the world. If you want to do a professional podcast where you're talking about how to be recruited, if you have a business where you revamp resumes, LinkedIn would be your best bet. Twitter. Twitter 
if you want to tell short stories or you want to have threads that, you know, are going to expand a little bit more in detail about what it is that you do. Honestly, Twitter is just, I would say it's a free for all. <laughs> I enjoy Twitter because you can just get on there. You can just be yourself. You can be crazy. I think it's a ve- people underestimate its abilities and its reach because people are on there. So if I would say Twitter is more so popular, again, amongst a younger demographic, but more so millennials. So more people who are between the ages of 18 to about 30-ish you can find on Twitter. Um, and then Pinterest. Pinterest, people, too many people sleep on Pinterest. Too many people leave money on the table when it comes to Pinterest. Pinterest is definitely going to be a platform that's going to drive, you know, that audience to your blog, to your website, to what it is that you're doing. If you are into, I would say, lifestyle content when it comes to like cooking, when it comes to um, like college dorms and decoration or just home decor in general, when it comes to plants, when it comes to fashion, when it comes to beauty, tick. Um, Pinterest is going to be your girl because you can post really engaging or um, captivating images and people are going to want to figure out, hey, like, can I learn more about that? Say you post an outfit on Pinterest. They're going to be like, okay, so where can I find out more about this outfit or how you style this outfit? If you have a blog, if you have a YouTube channel where you do styling or if you sell clothing, that would be your best bet because people are always trying to go to that next level when it comes to Pinterest. They're trying to find out more. And you're probably going to really have a high conversion rate if you're very active on Pinterest because people are going to want to click that link. You know, you know, on Instagram, we have to click the link in the bio. Pinterest people are really trying to click that link in that bio. Nevertheless, um, like I said, all social media is not created equally. So you don't need to be on every single social media platform. When I first started out, I thought I had to be on Facebook, YouTube, Pinterest, TikTok, not TikTok, Instagram. I thought I had to be everywhere. Um, I was pretty successful on Facebook. I was able to like gain my pay- my profile to about 15,000 um, followers, like within the summer. But I realized Facebook just did not have my heart. I think it's a very great tool and I'll definitely get back into it. But I realized the people that I spoke to the most were on Twitter. They were on Instagram. They were on YouTube. You want to kind of choose two to three platforms that you can manage. It's very important that you're able to manage because again, I got on Facebook and then I kind of just dwindled away. So it's like I built up that platform, but I didn't keep it consistent I wasn't able to keep up that momentum so I think it's very important that you just say hey what can I manage and what's going to where am I going to see the best engagement and where do you think that you'll see the best investment of your time on those particular platforms so find about three platforms that you feel that you know will work best for you and try to gain a following there you don't have to do everything at one time I think it's important that say hey maybe you choose two so maybe you choose Instagram and you choose um YouTube and you just build your platform on YouTube and you telling everybody, hey, make sure you follow me on Instagram. It's important that you have a call of action, a call to action, allowing people to know where they can find you because some people might be only on Instagram. Some people might only be only on YouTube. So you want to make sure that you meet people where they are, but you don't overextend or, um, yeah, don't overextend yourself, overexert yourself to a place where you're not even able to manage what you're doing. All right. So tip number five create 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 you cannot call yourself a content creator or an influencer if you don't create anything so um it's it can be difficult i would say to create content 
But I would say consistency is should always be your aim. And when I say consistency, I'm not speaking of frequency. I'm not saying just produce, 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 produce content. And what you're producing sometimes is good. Sometimes it's it's a little off. It's kind of confusing. It's just like you just putting out a whole bunch of shit, but it's not really like the same type of shit. When you're creating consistent content, you're creating the same experience every single time. And, you know, it's allowing people to say, hey, like this is something to look forward to. So you have to just create content, create what you're able to manage. Um, I got to a space where I definitely was burning myself out trying to produce, 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 produce. And it's some. it doesn't have to always be um, quality. I mean, it doesn't have to always be a lot of quantity for it to be good. So I think you should take in the motto of quality over content. If you're able to only produce three YouTube videos a month and they're fire <laughs> videos every single time and it's three videos every single time, that's okay because that's what you're able to produce. Don't overextend yourself. I think that's something that a lot of influencers experience is burnout and trying to overextend themselves. Do what you're able to do and do your best while you're doing it and create content. You can't say, like I said, you just can't call yourself a content creator if you're not actually creating content. So whatever type of content that it is that you like, create it. You know, never forget why you're starting. And that's why I wanted to just talk about more so these tips of to monetization because you can't make money unless you have this these foundational things established for your brand and for yourself I don't like people who just say I'm going to be an influencer for money that's cool um anybody can make a quick buck but how are you going to the whole goal of this is to create a community and to create a loyal community that you can count on it's not about it's not about just the money that's not the only thing that's important when it comes to this all right number six is collaborate you know, you cannot make it in this world alone. Um, my favorite, I would say, example when it comes to collaboration is when I think about my favorite artists. I love, you know, music. And it's it's amazing to see, you know, when another artist collaborates with another artist or helps an up-and-coming artist in their career um, by collaborating with them on a song. I feel like that same rule applies when it comes down to content creators. We have to continue to work with each other. Not everybody is going to always want to work with you. Um, and that's okay. You know, that's, that's, you don't have to work with everybody. I think it's important that you find yourself in alignment with people, um, who have similar morals, similar values, and similar goals when it comes to the content that you're creating. So when, you know, Say somebody has 100,000 followers or subscribers on YouTube and, you know, you like, okay, like not even about the followers, but like, I like your vibe. I think you're cool. Let's collaborate. That's going to be bringing two different types of audiences together and it's going to allow those two to blend. That's, you know, that's really the goal is to, to bring attention to both parties that are involved, exposing my audience to your audience or exposing my audience to you and you exposing your audience to me in the hopes that, you know, we can gain, um, yeah, audiences from that from that collaboration. That's something that's similar to even when it comes down to um, collaborating with brands. The reason brands want to collaborate with influencers is again to reach that specific audience. So you collaborating with a brand, you're allow they're allowing they're having access to your community and having so that the, your community can have eyes on them. The same thing applies to collaborating with individuals within your niche, within your industry, within your category. You just are allowing more exposure to both 
the audience as well as the individuals who are collaborating. I hope that makes sense. Collaboration is key. You can't get anywhere in this world by yourself. Um, I stress that so much. Just, you know, have discernment and ensure that you all's values align. Number seven, I would say video is king. Um, so many people underestimate that, you know, quality video is going to be, it's just going to get you the things that you need. It's going to, I feel like video is like movie, you know, people, it's one thing to read a book, but it's another thing. It's one thing to read a book and to imagine what it could look like or can imagine that scenario, but it's one thing to actually visually see it. So that's why video is always going to remain, um, supreme when it comes to content creation, because, People want to see how it's done. Some people can listen and figure, say, hey, that makes sense. Some people can read and say, okay, that makes sense. And then a lot of times when you're able to visualize and conceptualize that and further just have an explanation of what's going on, it makes it a whole different experience. Again, you know, I can tell somebody how to do a wash and go all day long, but when they watch my tutorial and I'm a little bit more thorough in my explanation, that's going to allow them to have a actual piece of content where they can go back to it on a consistent basis if they need to, you know, brush up their skills. And I mean, honestly, people just like to see. We're just, you know, at the end of the day, we are visual visual people and we like things that are visually appeasing and having video content is always just going to, you know, reign supreme, whether it's quick bite-sized content that you might receive on Instagram in a 60 second video or if you have you know longer extended videos on YouTube if you have longer and extended videos using your Instagram TV video is always going to reign supreme so whatever it is that you're doing with your brand if there's some way that you can incorporate video I would say do it whether it's if you're an entrepreneur and you're doing behind the scenes of your business because people want to know you know at the end of the day we're really just nosy ass people who want to be all up in everybody's business I'm gonna be honest no matter how much people say that that's not the case why do platforms like the shade room exist if people weren't really nosy people want to know so video is king Produce If you can produce video with your brand, I'm just going to let you know that you're going to definitely see a higher engagement with quality video. Not bullshit video, but quality. Your, your aim should always be quality content. Number eight, I would say to be your authentic self. Um, I hope, I feel like this is like a no-brainer, but... It's, it can be very extremely easy to see how someone um, is being successful with the personality or the persona that they've created online. So you feel as if you have to adapt that same quality or same personality to be successful or to reach their success. That is not the case. You know, we were all put here individually with our own individual gifts, our own individual voice, our own individual talents, as well as our own individual stories. You can be inspired by other people. I definitely think that, you know, that's just the human thing for us to be is to be inspired. But you should never morph into something else and leave yourself elsewhere. Um, yeah, just always bring your best self forward. You know, I used to always think people always be like, Nia's so bossy. She's so mean, this, that, and a third. And I'm like, um, okay, that's cool. But I, I never forgot who I was. You know, you can always do the internal work, work on yourself and try to be your best self. But just be yourself. You know, you cannot be anybody other than yourself. You can try, but the real you will always come to light. So you might as well just bring your best self to the table every single time. So, yeah, I know it sounds like a no-brainer, be, be your authentic self. But you'd be surprised how many people it's difficult. And it is difficult because 
everybody today especially just just has an opinion on your on on us on our lives and what we have going on that it could be difficult to just try to show the world your real self because people might have an opinion and they might be judgy but I don't know we all have blood in our bodies we all are gonna die someday so I feel like you should just live your best life while you can because we are on borrowed time so the opinions of others I mean as long as you value yourself and you have a strong sense of worth and you're confident in yourself and who you're being I think that's really all that matters eventually if if it seems like nobody likes it one day somebody will and as long as you like it that's really all that matters so just be your authentic self and never let that piece of you dwindle away okay so number nine and this is something I would say like is important I mean I learned it in my business journalism class I feel like I just learned this in undergrad in general but cover the latest in your industry whether whatever your industry is cover the latest in it example whenever some new foundation come out I used to be covering it whenever a new product natural hair product came out from my favorite brands I covered it I've already built a rapport with my community that I'm an authority um, or an expert within the natural hair community. I love natural hair. I love products. I'm a product junkie. I like trying out new things. So in the event that I go to Target and I see this new line by the main choice, YL Organics, or somebody just dropped a new natural hair line, or I found a new tool that works for natural hairs, it would behoove me to talk about that on my channel. I should be, my goal should be to be one of the first people or just to be someone who is covering what's new within my industry. If you are a, I don't know, if you are a clothing or a shoe, like a sneakerhead, if some new shoes drop, you should be talking about them on your platform that you like. You should be talking about them on your platform. If some new music just came out and you're a music um, head or a music content creator, you should be talking about that latest album. You should be, you know, writing a think piece or talking about it on your platform some way, somehow. You need to be abreast of what's going on within your industry what's going on within your particular market because that also is going to show people that you are well informed you're well connected and that you are on the you know the cusp of what's trending within your um, area of expertise so just cover what's the latest in your industry um that doesn't have to be the whole thing that your brand is revolved around but it does set you apart when you're the person that people can go to and understand that you're going to give your honest and real opinion about what's going on. And people are going to honestly, they're going to ask you for that type of content too. Like what's your opinion on X, Y, and Z because it just launched or what's your opinion on this? So just make yourself as, keep yourself as well informed of what's going on in your industry. All right. So number 10, this is my last tip. Um, if you want to work with brands, tag them. Okay. The whole reason I've been able to work with the brands that I've been able to work with, especially the natural hair brands that I love, I didn't really go into this expecting brand opportunities. That was never, you know, I didn't even know that I can get paid. Like if I would have told little Nia, this is how much you can get paid for posting a video, she would be like, are you lying? But no, when I first started creating content, it was more so, again, me covering the latest in my industry and me figuring out what works for me. So... In the event that this shampoo worked well for me, I would post it. I would talk about it. Not in hopes to partner with a brand, but in hopes that, you know, this video can be helpful to somebody who might be interested in this same product. But as I continue to grow and I continue to understand social media, when you tag brands and they consistently are seeing you using their um, 
their stuff, wearing their stuff, they're going to be more likely to part want to partner with you because you are already a natural consumer of what they have. I can't be like, hey, I want to work with, you know, this brand if I've if I've never used it, that does happen sometimes. A lot of times brands be like, Hey, you know, you do partner with brands within my same area. So I already can see what type of content you've produced within that realm. So I'm interested in working with you as well. But if you're just starting out and you've never had a brand deal at all, you know, tag the brands that you want to work with, show the type of brands that you do like, show the type of content that you are able to create working with those types of brands. And when they're able to like gaze over your social media and see what it is that you're about, then they can say, you know, they can draw a conclusion and say, maybe this is a good fit. This is within good alignment with working with us. Um, I wasn't going to talk about this because I didn't want to, I'm going to talk about this in future episodes, but just also understand as an influencer, the goal is the goal is not brand deals. It's not sponsorship. That is a supplement. And I learned that from joy, you know, just saying, having that sentence saying, this is a supplement brand deals and sponsorships is supplemental income. As an influencer, your goal is to create a business plan or a business model that you are able to, um, to sustain, by your content, by the wealth of knowledge that you have. That's why you see so many um, influencers turning into entrepreneurs where they're creating courses or digital physical products so that they have, um, they're building wealth or they're generating revenue from themselves and not solely relying on sponsorships and brand deals because they can be inconsistent. Sponsorships and brand deals can be very inconsistent unless you've already built a rapport with the brand and you tell them, hey, I'm only going to work with you if you want to do something long term. But then again, you still want to build out multiple sources of income. So if you can say, hey, I'm able to make money from my Google AdSense revenue, I actually also have a physical product that I sell and also and then I also can sell or I'm, I'm partnering with two brands this month you know if you don't even even if you weren't partnering with two brands this month you still have two um incomes that you're able to get without the brand deal so the goal should always be to have multiple wheels turning for you not just relying on one sole wheel so as I mentioned, um, yeah, those are my 10 tips. In the future episodes, we will be diving more into monetization, securing brand um, partnerships, as well as, you know, just monetizing your talents and growing your brands. Um, but I just want you all to know that it is important to crawl before we ball and just establish, you know, the framework of your brand. You can't secure brand partnerships um, and soar for super influencer status before you even establish what your brand is going to be about. Um, nevertheless, I hope that this podcast was some motivation for some of you. I know this industry can seem a bit oversaturated. You may feel overlooked. Even I feel very overlooked. And that's honestly why I took some time to just step back and refocus, realign with what it is that I wanted to do. Um, but just, you know, stay consistent. I know people really preach that so much, but it's so true. You just got to keep going at it. Um, and just focus on mastering your craft. Don't focus on the numbers. Um, don't focus on the money. All of those things will come you know some people they get to in their head and they just stop completely they wash their hands of this and then they regret not continuing on if you don't want to regret not continuing on keep going if you feel the meat the need to pivot that's also fine um but I just hope that this you know this podcast gave you some hope it gave you some inspiration and if you are an influencer if you have any questions you can let you know ask me anything in the comments below but I will have some upcoming 
um podcast just we're gonna be talking about a lot of different stuff as you all know my book is on the verge of being published soon it's coming this fall brand like a girl and we're going to be talking about creating a winning niche monetizing your talents and just you know building a a substantial brand so that's something that you know i i gave you i give you guys a lot of information but the book is going to be definitely more in depth have some charts on what you should be charging when it comes to your rates um how to create your brand values your brand principles how to create a winning niche finding that competitive edge all of that good stuff so yeah thank you all so much for listening to this episode i look forward to um further in the conversation on this topic and I will see you all in the next one.